Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest areas of failure you can fall into when trying to successfully manage your Metron. I would say it's viewing people as the problem. So in the book that I wrote called Managing Your Metron, I made the case that the Great Commission and the Original Commission both agree in their wording and present guidance for humans, particularly Christians, to guard and protect and watch over what God has created. So this is our constant commission. We are on mission as a mandate in life, just by the very nature of being humans, but particularly as Christians. So here's the pitfall we must be aware of as we aim to obey and co-labor with Christ in these commissions. Our view of people in the process This is where the pitfalls lie. A primary temptation for believers, particularly, is to attribute everything that is happening in the world around them, in their metron, you could say, to what is visible, to what is naturally explainable, or one could say naturally manageable. But let's look at what Jesus had to say about where the real problems exist in the human condition. In Matthew 23, 26, Jesus says, You blind Pharisee, First clean the inside of the cup and of the dish, so that the outside of it may become clean also. Where does the cleaning or the work begin in this statement? That's the question. Jesus emphasizes that the internal condition comes first. And once that is cleaned or dealt with, then the external condition of the cup or the vessel or our lives will come into alignment. The truth, though, is that the condition of the world around us is a manifestation of three things. The unclean condition inside of our cup, as Jesus said, clean the inside of the cup and the outside will become clean. Number two, the activity and condition of those who do not know or follow Christ. That's all part of the equation. Number three, the activity and machinations of the enemy of our souls, who the Bible describes as the prince of the power of the air or the kingdom of darkness. So in our rightful desire to see Christ's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are tempted to try to fix the problems in our metron by fixing what we feel we can fix, mostly in a natural sense or naturally. Usually that manifests as trying to fix people or even move them out of the equation if we view them as a problem. This is often referred to as canceling someone in our day and age. Where we fail is when we do not recognize the spiritual dimension of our reality. Managing one's metron successfully is contingent on doing things God's way in his universe. In God's equation, people are not the problem. They are the project. They're the focus. A cup that appears to be dirty on the outside may be undergoing a cleaning on the inside, which will then change the outward aspect of the individual. We just don't know. 
If we view people as the problem based on what we see on the outside of the cup, we're disregarding an admonition from Jesus, clearly stated in Scripture. Remember, our Father is in the business of reconciliation and restoration. In my observation, what happens when we try to manage our Metron without a true co-laboring deference to the King is that we do things our way or in a way that's humanly possible or with earthly wisdom. And the price for this error is usually paid by other people in our scope or our Metron, you could say. Here's the main point. If our well-intended solutions make people pay a price, then we're not managing our Metron with the software of heaven. Jesus doesn't make people pay a price, not for redemption, not for reconciliation, not for restoration. He paid for that. This would be the opposite of grace and mercy. It devalues the price that Jesus paid on the cross to clean up the inside of the cup, our cup. If we operate in the kingdom by making people pay a price for sins that are already atoned for, we're setting ourselves up as judges. Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. Jesus is called the advocate. You don't want to end up playing on the wrong team in this eternal game. A temptation of our age is to think that the world would be set right if certain people would just get out of the way, certain problem people in our estimation. The mindset that people are the problem rather than what is inside, as an example, sin, leads us down a dark road. Have you ever been rebuked by someone or even by God in such a loving and gentle way that you still remember the experience to this day? Let me share a quick experience I had with the Lord recently where he gently rebuked me and reset my perspective to align with his perspective. So as I've mentioned before, God often speaks to me through dreams. Might not be how he connects with you, but it's definitely been a big part of my spiritual walk. So let me tell you about a recent dream I had. In this dream, I was walking through a wheat field with Jesus. He was slightly ahead of me. I was following along. And he was carefully handling and touching all the wheat around us as we walked and we moved through the field. He was very gentle and attentive and focused. I was following along, though, pointing out many problems in the wheat field. I was seeing what I thought were tares or weeds, as they're described, that should be removed. Things that I thought were problems. The thing is, though, is that when wheat and tares are young in the field, they look the same. They're hard to distinguish. And I kept telling Jesus that we should remove these weeds. They're ruining the crop. We should attend to that problem there. And Jesus gently reminded me in this dream that I couldn't really tell which plants were wheat and which ones were tares at this stage, and that he would let them grow up together. He was recounting to me in this dream the parable of the wheat and the tares, He then stated that he was practicing extreme forbearance in this season. The inference to me in the dream was that I was not practicing extreme forbearance. I was ready to pull up anything I thought looked out of place or might be a weed. He was not. Even in the dream, I realized that I was out of step with his ways. I was ready to cancel and he was ready to keep. I was in the wrong and had missed the practical application 
of the parable of the wheat and the tares. Now, to put all this in context, let's look back at the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13, verses 24 through 29. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. This gentle rebuke that came through a dream caused a significant reset in my mind, definitely a reassessment of my own heart and my perspective on what I would say are problems in the world around us or things that are out of control or out of alignment in my metron and really challenged me about how I view people. It challenged and ultimately changed how I viewed what and who I thought was a problem in my metron. In the parable of the wheat and the tares, the enemy was the problem, not the people. I need to be a keeper, not a canceller. People are to be kept, guarded, protected, watched over, and the enemy and his influence are to be canceled. This is the ways of God in his kingdom. How we operate in this equation will determine if God can trust you, if he can trust me, and expand our scope of work in the family business. So even if people seem to be a problem, they're actually an opportunity in the kingdom. Jesus puts up with a lot in order to preserve as much as possible and give everyone a chance to emerge as wheat instead of a weed. The reality is we just don't know when we look at the field. We have to treat everyone as wheat and let God, who's the landowner, sort it out at the harvest. Let's look at the key words I heard in the dream. Extreme and forbearance. These are really impactful for me. So the word extreme, let's just look at some definitions of this, and I think you'll see something in this. It means not usual, exceptional, very severe or serious, the furthest or highest degree of something, of the greatest possible degree or extent or intensity, far beyond the norm. So that's what extreme means. Now let's look at forbearance. It means patient self-control, restraint, and tolerance. A delay in enforcing rights or claims or privileges. Good-natured tolerance of delay or, here's a good one, incompetence. (laughs) The action of refraining from exercising a legal right, especially enforcing the payment of a debt. That's what forbearance means. We as believers have all experienced extreme forbearance. That's how we got to where we are right now in the Lord. God also exercises extreme forbearance to the same degree with all that have not yet accepted Him as Lord. This sounds a lot like grace. 
Let's look at a common use of this term forbearance that we hear regularly during the COVID crisis. So here's a description of forbearance in real estate. Forbearance, in the context of a mortgage process, is a special agreement between the lender and a borrower to delay a foreclosure. The literal meaning of forbearance is holding back. When mortgage borrowers are unable to meet their repayment terms, lenders may opt to foreclose. So Jesus has opted not to foreclose on us, but to reconcile. Extreme forbearance. If our aim is to do things God's way in God's universe, we must forbear for the sake of reconciliation. Let's take a look at an outline in Scripture, see how this works in us and through us. 2 Corinthians 5, 16-20 says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So application, for us as believers, this means change your point of view. Don't look at anyone from a worldly point of view. Look at them from a heavenly point of view. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, or a new creature, you are a new creature, has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Application here of this scripture, as I emphasize in my book, Managing Your Metron, no matter who you are or what you do or where you do it, as a believer, you are in the business of reconciliation. Verse 19 that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. When we practice forbearance, we also do not count people's sins against them, unless you want to find yourself on the wrong team, so to speak, partnering with the accuser of the brethren instead of the advocate. So the scripture continues here in verse 19 through 20, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. So reconciliation is the family business. We are delegated the authority from God to represent his extreme forbearance, his grace, as his very mouthpiece. That's us, his ambassadors. An ambassador represents the interests and the will of the country they represent, In our case, it is a kingdom that we represent, and we represent a king. Jesus prefaces the parable of the wheat and the tares by saying, The kingdom of God is like. We must manage our metrons like he would. This is true co-laboring with Christ in the kingdom. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.